this morning because that's what we need this morning. Amen. Amen. We need a good dose of the Word of God. Um, let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark, the Gospel of Mark chapter 4, verse number 37. We'll start there uh, and uh, go continue on to verse 41. So, Mark chapter 4, verse 37. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the wonderful blessings that you give to us, Lord. Thank you for all of your promises. And we ask God this morning that you'll comfort our hearts together. And we ask God that you'll give us uh, a new look uh, toward the future. And we pray that you'll bless us as we love you and serve you and help us to realize and believe that all the promises that you've ever made are still in effect and uh, Lord thank you for the fact that you're a God that keeps all of your promises in Jesus name amen, amen. now let's look at this verse 37 uh, <clears throat> it says now <clears throat> in verse 37 and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship <clears throat> so that it was now full so the ship was almost ready to sink. A lot of people forget that. The ship was full. The storm was great. The wind was blowing. The waves were beating into the ship. Verse 38 says, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, speaking of Jesus. And look at the next word. Asleep on a pillow. And they awake him <clears throat> and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why <clears throat> are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This story explains to us how God is in the midst of your storms. When things are going wild in your life and things get emotional or things get very hard for you it, it's not that God is asleep but he's very he's calm isn't he he's very secure isn't he he never he never has had a sleepless night I'm talking about really how that Jesus in the flesh he never stayed up all night worrying about anything not one time he, gave, he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Now, this, this, this is in connection with how God is looking at the world right now. Our God is never anxious. Our God has never had a fearful, worry-filled, sleepless night. Don't feel bad if you have. I have many of them. And there's nothing sinful about that. Sometimes I suppose you could say that we worry about things that we shouldn't. And uh, But remember, while you're having a, a bad night or a bad day or 
Maybe, maybe in the middle of the day, you just get overwhelmed with some kind of, maybe something said. Maybe some government law is, is fearfully being cooked up in some back room that's going to take our freedoms away, or maybe some local government, or maybe there's bad news from a family member or whatever. You, I could go on all the morning and try to figure out what it is that would cause, you, cause us to worry, but um, God has never had a fearful, worry-filled, sleepless night. Our Heavenly Father's strong, and He's in full control of Himself, and He's in full control of the world. He's secure, He's stable, He's loving, and He's wonderful to be around. God has never said, uh-oh, God never has done that. God has never said, whoops, um, oh no. God never, ever, ever has ever done that. He's never said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, oh, um, he's never changed his mind. He's never double backed and said, uh, you know, I, I didn't say, how many have ever said something that you shouldn't have said? Yes. Uh, only three of us. Good, good. <laughs> like to hang around you more how many have ever said something you shouldn't have said Amen. all of us Amen. how many of you have said repeated uh like mm, i i gotta say that again listen what i really meant was yeah. right we've all done that except god has never done that everything that graciously came out of his mouth is still powerful and secure and stable and he's made no mistakes. Amen. God never made a mistake. I'm trusting in him. How about you? Amen. I'm not trusting in myself. The Bible says if you trust in your own heart, you are a fool to trust in how you feel. You say, oh, you're not one of those preachers that says you're some kind of robot, you know, and uh, never cry, never get upset, never get angry. Listen, any Christian that never gets angry, they're not much of a Christian. I mean, you got to get mad about something, right? I mean, think about it. We, we, there's righteous indignation. We're not robots, and we're not emotionless robots with the Lord. But it's, it's to where God, um, he never has a wrong emotion. Can, can I say that? How, how many have ever had, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have had some wrong emotions? Where you got angry when you shouldn't have got angry. And you might have you might have got real cold when you should have been warm and fuzzy. <laughs> you should have been you should have been caring. We we are topsy turvy. None of us none of us have everything put together quite perfect. And I like being around people that trust God. I love to be around people that trust God. Because you know what it does? It calms their nerves. It gives them a little bit better health. By the way, let me tell you this. If you're all fretting and worried and fretting and worried and fretting and worried and worried and fretting, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit you physically at one point. Today they make much out of the word stress. I know that stress can really bother some people. It's not good on your heart. It's not good um, uh, emotionally. Mentally, uh, there's all kinds of things that, that uh, if we don't trust the Lord, who is trustworthy, then we have to try to figure everything out ourselves. 
You know what? When, uh, when Jeannie gets married, she's going to have to trust the Lord because she's never going to figure him out. <laughs> and he's going to have to trust the Lord because he's never going to figure her out. That's just human life. All of you married people say, Amen. Amen. Did you hear that? Okay. Listen, you just have to trust the Lord. If you trust the Lord, he's got it all figured out, and you don't. So you just jump on the old uh, train and ride on with him. Just grab it. Have you, have you ever heard Have you heard the story of my childhood friend? He, uh, him and his buddy, they, they were in Renton, and <clears throat> Enumclaw is, uh, I don't know, several, maybe several hundred miles away. I'm, I'm, maybe not that far. Anyway, it was Enumclaw. So they got all thinking like, you know what we're going to do? Uh, we're going to have fun like boys should never do. And we're going to jump a train. So they got, went downtown Renton and they jumped this little freight train. And uh, what happened was it got going too fast. It couldn't, they were enjoying the fun of it all. And then it got, they didn't realize how fast it was getting to go. And so when the tank came time to the jump, jump off, they couldn't do it. It was going too fast. So they had to ride the train the whole way to Enumclaw. Either that or Cleelum. I always get those two mixed up. But anyway, they went. And my, my buddy, he called his dad. He said, Dad, can you come and get me? He said, sure, son. Where are you? <laughs> Cleelum or Enumclaw. He said, what? How did you get there? <laughs> and, well, we, we, we hopped the train and it got going too fast. I feel like that's uh, what happened to me when I got saved. I just got on, and I'm not getting off until the train goes to the destination. Amen? Yes. I mean, I'm thank God it's going fast. Praise the Lord. We're, I, mean, I don't want to get off. I, I couldn't get off if I wanted to. But the, the thing about it is God's, God knows where he's going. God knows what he's doing. He doesn't say, whoops, sorry about that, uh-oh, whoa, oh no. Uh, God, God tells tornadoes where to go. God tells hurricanes where to go. He tells them where to land. They're flying around in the bay, and all of a sudden he goes, oh, I hit that city right there. I got something I want to do there. Can you tell me why in a hurricane a baby will be picked up off of a stroller or, or the street, a toddler, there's been cases where hurricanes picked up infants, carried them hundreds of yards, and gently landed them in a place where they never got one scratch. Documented. It's amazing, isn't it? He has his way in the whirlwind, the Bible says. God tells the wind where to blow. He tells the stars <clears throat> to shine. He tells the sun what to do. He, he regulates the moon and the rivers. The Bible says, uh, uh, the, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. As rivers of water, he turn it whithersoever he will. God's fully under control. He's never upset. And you know what? I said all that to say this. He keeps his promises. Amen. That's what I'm trying to say this morning. Uh, he feeds little birds. The, Jesus said he feeds sparrows. And he puts clothing on the fields. And foxes have holes. He, dig, he, he tells where little, uh, little animals where to go. And uh, he, he gives shelter to, to wild beasts. Uh, he takes care. How many have ever seen a big, beautiful, huge elk? Oh, my goodness, those things are beautiful. It's hunting season. 
uh, and uh, there's bears out there and there's deer running all over the place and big bucks are running around the hills and and they're all uh, they're all being taken care of uh, God does that he, he keeps his promises and uh, we we agree that he does all those wonderful things but do you think God would keep his promise to you now let me ask you this what do you think is the very first promise in the Bible well as I as I remember as a promise it would be when uh, Genesis chapter 2 let's go there I could I, I don't I don't think there's a promise before this um, but but let's go to Genesis chapter 2 when uh, Adam and Eve were in the garden God commanded them and I know that this promise is not a not a, a positive promise but it is promised nevertheless of what will happen if if man acted a certain way God gave him a promise that if you do this I'm going to do this let's look at chapter 2 verse 17 he, he, he was telling them I, I'm going to give you all the trees of the garden but uh, verse 17 says but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die he that's a promise i believe that's a promise he says i don't want you to eat of this tree if you do i pro i don't think he was preaching a threat you know hey, don't you dare do this buddy i'll tell you i'll put you on restriction I don't think God had that attitude. I think it was just a calm, secure fact. This is what will happen. If you do this, if you disobey me, this will happen to you. He said, For in the day thou, that thou eatest uh, uh, thereof, thou shalt surely die. I don't think that was a, a scary, emotional-filled uh, warning I, I just believe it was really secure and straight and truthful and as a matter of fact because did you know that up until that time they had not they didn't even know what sin was they had no chance to sin it was the, once the command I believe that promise was the very first one and I believe likewise though you find another promise in chapter 3 let's go there if you, if you look in the Bible, you can find some wonderful promises in the Bible. We had, um, we had a, a, a big promotion one year. We had the, the big, like this uh, poster board here. It had a picture of a, a man standing on um, the edge of, I think it was um, Grand Canyon or something. He was standing on a rock. And underneath it, it was standing on the promises. Uh, and so what we challenged everybody to do in church was to, in church, to stand up and to claim a promise, any promise in the Bible, for themselves. And so when they declared what, what they would claim as their own, we made them a little plaque and uh, we put their name on it and we put the verse on the bottom that they claimed and we gave them to them. I still have mine. My wife does has hers too and the whole theme of that year was standing on the promises and i'm still standing on all those promises and i've been standing on the promises of god i've been standing on them since i got saved he's never lied to me he never lied to you 
He's never broken one single promise that he ever made. And that's what God we serve. Look at Genesis 3. Here, <clears throat> here is a positive promise. There are many promises that God makes. But here's one. Look at verse 14. Uh, Genesis 3 and verse number 14. Now he said this to, to, uh, to, to Satan. He says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's speaking of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ injured his heel, if you will, on the cross. But in so doing, he crushed the serpent's head on Calvary. Amen. And that's a promise right there that there was going to be redemption one day and that Jesus Christ would be injured, but he would prevail and he would dominate and he would completely wipe out the devil. Now, there's more to this yet before the devil finally gets completely eradicated but Jesus will never suffer another injury ever again in eternity he's already suffered enough is that right Amen. he's already done enough there'll be no more suffering by the Lord but that was a promise now <clears throat> back on the on Calvary's cross when Jesus was crucified that promise was kept and because uh, Mary was uh, she was uh, with child of the Holy Ghost. When she gave birth to Jesus Christ, that was the seed of the woman. And that Jesus, that, that child of, of Mary there in the flesh came, of course, by providential miraculous power and kept that promise. Listen, every time God opens his mouth in the Bible, you can trust him. You can't. You cannot have an. You cannot have uh, an attitude as a Christian and please the Lord by saying, "Well, that's a good verse over there." Oh, but this one, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if that's true. Oh, this is sweet and wonderful and beautiful. Oh, but this one over here, I got my doubts about that. Listen, every promise in the book is mine. You say, "Wait a minute." He made promises, but it's mine to believe. It's mine to understand. It's mine to study. If God kept his promises to uh, this side of the church, do you think maybe he'd keep his promises to this side of the church? Yes. How about this person over here? You think if God kept the promise to this person, do you think he'd keep his promise to this person? Or do you think maybe God only keeps his promises to preachers and pastors and evangelists and, and uh, deacons and uh, Christian full-time missionaries? Do you think God only keeps his promise to those kinds of people? Or do you think maybe he keeps his promise to boys and girls? Amen. I think he keeps his promises to anybody that would believe him. And he keeps his promises to those that won't believe him. You know, there's, uh, there's curses that he has promised to, to bring to the earth. I hate that. But it's true. Uh, there's punishments that God has promised to put on the world. Now, I'm not happy about that. 
I just don't want to be underneath them. I just I get out of the way. I don't want to be underneath the cursing punishments of God because I believe he'll keep his promise. Then there's good promises that we all like. Promises of supply. Some promises of blessing. Promises of love. And thank God I love those promises about the new Jerusalem. Uh, coming down out of heaven. The whole Bible's full of promises. Anytime God ever said anything to anybody. He kept his promise or will keep it soon. So we believe that God is worthy to be trusted. Do you want to hurt and damage anybody? I don't think you do. But one way for sure that you can hurt someone very badly is you go ahead and make a big promise to somebody, get them all excited about something, and then break it. Promise you'll help somebody. Promise you'll pray for somebody. Promise that you'll give something. Promise that you'll work for somebody or supply their need. Raise them up to the point where they say, I, I'm excited about this. My boss promised me a raise. This is exciting. And then you want to hurt somebody, go and break that promise. And you will do damage to somebody. But conversely, you want to strengthen and help someone? Uh, yes, Pastor, we do. <laughs> do you want to be a blessing to someone? Do you want somebody to be encouraged? Do you want to strengthen somebody? Do you want to, somebody to say, okay, there's hope. I got hope. I'm going to make it. You want, you, want to do, you want to help somebody in that way? Then go ahead and make a promise, but keep it. However small. Listen, just any promise sometimes is just what people need. Um, even the smallest things sometimes are big to somebody else. I promise I'll be there. Now, how many promise you'll be back tonight? <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing I should be waiting you say amen make that promise you say oh I can't make any promises oh you lazy bum you don't want to make any oh you're skating around you're just you're ballerina dancing around the church hey make somebody a promise just make sure you keep it because you're going to help somebody you uh, make a big important promise be careful don't go making a bunch of promises that you can't keep. Somebody will disrespect you and somebody will hate you and not trust you anymore. But God has never made a promise that he didn't keep. And until he breaks one, I'm trusting him. He's not going to break one. He's never has broken a promise. Who has a track record like God? There's no person in the world that has a track record and a record of promises made and promises kept. Boy, I wish we could drum that into some of our uh, 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 governmental leaders, don't you? Amen. How'd you like to say, okay, if you say anything, we're going to mark it down and we're going to print it and we're going to hold you to it. I wish we'd do that. Yes. I wish the whole world would do that. Listen, I'd rather not promise something than promise it and break it. But that's no reason not to make promises. God kept, keeps his promise. Uh, you'll be respected much more if you keep your promises. And if you keep your word, if 
do you want a strong bond with someone? Keep, keep your word. Keep your promises. Keep your promise. Honor the word that comes out of your mouth. My dad used to say, uh, he used to joke about this, but I, I know there's never a man in my life that had, has more integrity than my dad. He made, I mean, he said, have I not spoken? <laughs> and uh, he was kind of joking, but uh, I have given you my word. And boy, when I got in trouble, he says, I promise you, I'm, I'm giving you my word. Boy, when he gave his word, he kept it. And I don't, I cannot, I can't even count. I can't even remember any time that he actually broke a promise to me. I, I just love the fact that there's, there's, a, there's a high bar set of being a good Christian. Be careful, but be integrity, being full of integrity and keep your promises. Why? Because we build each other that way. God keeps his promises. He makes them too. Look at um, uh, Psalm 37 with me. I've been enjoying Psalm 37 lately. There's so much in the Bible to enjoy. And by the way, folks, you know, we're not, we're not made just to eat and drink and have a good time. Uh, the other day, uh, I, I, I can't remember where I was. I was working on something, and I took Jack and I said, let's go get burn-ins barbecue now i'm craving it uh, that was good that was good but that only lasted a little while and uh so a few hours later we went back no no we didn't. but uh, i i crave that but but wait god makes a promise it, it and he keeps it and it lasts all your life it, it just builds and builds and builds look at psalm 37 verses 1 through 13 Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. That's a promise. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. That's a promise. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You see all these promises? Please understand, they're not just for David. They're not just for the Old Testament folks. They're for us. Look at verse 6 now. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. Uh, because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, shall they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meat shall inherit the earth and uh, shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him for he seeth that his day is coming. Now how do we get those promises? I say 
that patience is the biggest key to having God's promises, patience and faith, having the promises that God gives us. There's so many in the Bible. But what's the key to it? I believe that uh, patient, faithful, secure, uh, diligent, calm, walking with God day by day by day by day. Uh, when we first uh, when we first made the, the uh, contract to buy this little building here, I thought that the end would be I, I never ever thought we would ever get this done ever. And yet last March or April somewhere in there, the Lord gave us the income of our church to pay the building off. It took 20 almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. Uh, it just takes patience sometimes. How many want these promises to be kept right now? Uh, I've, heard, I've heard somebody say, I want patience and I want it now. Uh, but that's, that's not the way God works. You have to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. They that wait upon the Lord, and I would say, and are patient, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall uh, walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. They, you, you have all the promises of God. You just have to wait for them. The promises that he has yet to keep are only yet to keep. The ones that he is keeping in your life right now, praise God, and the promises that he has made and already kept give you strength now, to, to trust him for the promises that he makes for you today. And then as you look to the future, the Lord says, I've never let you down. I'm not letting you down today. And when you look into tomorrow, I'm not going to let you down there either. I'm going to keep my promises. Nobody, nobody in this room can say that. You can say, I want to keep my promise. I'll try to keep my promise. I'll be careful of the promises I make. But... I might break a few. And so be it. You, you and I can't do what God does. He's the only one that can keep all of his promises. You know what happened to Abraham? Abraham and Sarah heard that they're going to have a baby. But the problem was, he was 90 years old, or she was. I mean, they were elderly. Now, can you imagine somebody in their late 80s or early 90s? I can't even imagine that. We used to have, we used to have a ministry down at the rest home, and uh, there was a lady there named Chloe. She's just the sweetest girl. Um, yeah, I can't imagine uh, her telling me, Pastor, pray for me, I'm expecting. <laughs> Uh, that that kind of laughter is not un, unworthy. I mean, we 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 would we would we would really stretch ourselves to believe that. Yes. And so we can't be too hard on Abraham, can we? Or Sarah, or Sarah. right? Sarah laughed, and I think every woman in her nineties or eighties loved. I think she would laugh too. Yes. But do you see why it's so wonderful that Abraham was so blessed? Because that was such a huge promise that when he believed it, God was so happy with him. 
He actually believed that God would keep his son alive, Isaac. So he took him up and God said, I want you to offer your son. He said, no problem. Because I believe if I offer him, you're going to raise him up. Now, you see the wonderful belief. God's very pleased with your patience. God's very pleased while you wait on the promises that he has given us. I'm still looking for promises that God has made me. Now, let's go and see just for a minute. I want you to see now Deuteronomy chapter 6. And <clears throat> this all builds up to being patient and waiting on God. All right. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Pages are all stuck together. All right. Let's go to verse number uh, 3. In chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may be me increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath what? Promised thee. Promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Have you ever heard of Israel called the promised land? That's a common statement, isn't it? The promised land. They crossed over Jordan, and uh, uh, they went into the promised land. I, I, I just love that song. Um, oh, some people say that they can't understand why we're so happy and free. We've crossed over Jordan to Canaan's fair land, and this is like heaven to me. This is like heaven to me. This is like heaven to me. We've crossed over Jordan to Canaan's fair land, and this is like heaven to me. I love that song because it talks about, oh, no, please don't. Uh, but I, I, I love that song. It's just so happy. God has the promised land. And he kept it. Look at uh, Joshua now. Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua chapter 23. Now, let's look at uh, verse number 5, please. It says, And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight, and ye shall possess their land, as the Lord your God hath what? Promised. Promised you. You say, what's the big deal over in Israel? I'll tell you what it is in a nutshell. God had a bunch of evil people out there doing despicable things, idolatry and all kinds of evil and wicked, absolutely unmentionable things. And he had this little teeny nation, this nucleus of a nation, slaves in Egypt. You know what he said? I'm going to take you out of there and I'm going to give you this land. I'm not giving you this land because you're good. In fact, if you do what they do, I'll kick you out of there too. Yes. But I'm giving you this land because I love you and I've seen your, tr your struggle and I promise you that I will drive out all the enemy and I'll give you the land. That's the whole thing in Israel right now. It's the promised land. It, it demands that the whole world believe that God's involved with it. It's not Palestinians versus Israelis. It's not Jordan versus Israeli. It's not, it's not Syria and Egypt and Iran and Iraq. That's really not the issue. The issue is 
God gave them the land. And he promised it to them. And they went in and they possessed it. And now everybody's mad because God did it. If you, if you really understand it, there's no such thing as Allah. I don't believe in Allah. There is no such thing as Allah. Isn't that just another name for God? Not the God that we have. They say God didn't have a son. We say he did. And there it is. God gave him the land. Can God keep promises to us today? I believe he can. I believe he does. He promised both judgment and blessing. And in the New Testament, hey, by the way, does anybody know what the rainbow was all about? A promise. Right? A reminder. I got a picture. I, can, I don't think I can pull it up here because I'm running out of time. But the other day, I took a Oh, there it is right there. You see that? I stopped on the side of the road out here looking toward Mount Baker, and I said, I got to get that. That means so much to me right there. That's proof positive that God keeps his promise. You know how old that rainbow is? I think that's back, uh, that's, that was started back in Noah's day. Oh, we're talking about a 6,000, 7,000 year old promise. And just yesterday, or the day before, whenever it was raining, I took a picture of it. I'm not going to forget that. Isn't that great? That was, uh, that was Monday. I'm still, I'm still counting. That was a week ago. I'm still counting on the promises of God. Let's look at now. Um, Second Peter, please, and we're going to finish right now. I want you to see what the apostles, uh, the apostle Peter, thought, and how he explained the promises of God. Second Peter, chapter one, verse number four. He said, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let's go to chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why is God waiting so long to keep his promise of taking us to heaven? Anybody got an idea based on that verse? He's still waiting for people to get saved. He still wants your relatives to be saved. He still wants my relatives to be saved if there's any left. He wants your neighbor to get saved. He wants those evil people to get saved down in Seattle and Portland and all those cities that are blowing up. Yes. He wants all of BLM and all those political activists. He wants all those murderers and whoremongers and adulterers and abortionists. He wants everybody to be saved. For me, I think I'm just a little impatient. Sometimes I feel like, Lord, if the whole 
world doesn't want you. Let's wrap it up. Let's go. And he says, no, 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 I'm running this. There's still people I want to be saved. I'm glad God's patient. Because I'm awful glad he's patient with me. And what if he came back the day before I got saved? I'd be saying, oh, couldn't you have waited just one more day? And I wouldn't be going to heaven. I wouldn't have the promises. I would be in hell right now if, if Jesus came back before I got saved. Aren't you glad God is on his own timetable? He just wants us to be patient and trust him. Because his promises, he's going to keep every one of them. Let's bow our heads for prayer. <clears throat>